But Sia always says, we as a team, or Rasi helps me, or, or Jacques helps me, or there are other leaders in the group. And you get this collective togetherness. They, 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 they are a band of brothers who, who go out there and fight. So I think just that idea, I think for me, over years and over time, I got to believe that I got to understand that this is who the Springboks are because 95 was just at Chester Williams. But since then, there's a lot more. And I mean, we have Mbonami star. Ox is a star. Lukanyo M is a star. C is a star. And you're like, okay, these people represent me. Trevor's still dancing. <laughs> you know what I mean? These absolutely people represent star. me and they're absolutely themselves. I think that's what C said as well, that everyone is allowed to be themselves. I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still... I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Upfront podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. Welcome to another episode of Tour Front on a wet, wet day in Johannesburg. Maybe we are in Paris. It was wet in Paris the last couple of weekends. So Johannesburg, Paris, Paris. My name is Jay. And as always, I'm joined by Chuck. Chuck, how are you doing? More thanks. Nambulale is in a spring box. final let's see if sundowns will use that rain to convert because you what won the first leg of the semis yes yes most like semis how how are we already in the semis but yes first leg of the semis going to cairo to see if can close that out and then if we win the afl like man and then it's just i don't what, care what happens one I more week care what happens in the champions <laughs> league but if we fail to win the champions league i'm not i'm not hearing any banter from anybody because we'll have an african title but again, Chuck, if you win that, what does that make you? African champions? We don't know. It's quite category B or something. But how great is it? Because Nati, this is like a tester. Because ni ni eight to begin with. But it's going to expand expand next uh, season. You, uh, you're in a lot of asterisks, and you have the MTN eight title. <laughs> like, does it have an no more rules. For you? What normal rules? What normal rules? Because that used to be before the season. Now it's in like in the midst of the season. We can always come up with stuff for stuff, Chuck. We can always come up with uh, reasons why uh, you want to put an asterisk or undermine a certain title. All I'm saying is that here we would have been playing a top eight. It is, it is a top eight, Marias Africa. I say any cup that you could possibly win. Let's go to actual champions. Let's go to actual champions. Mm. We speak, of course, of the Springboks and... Springboks have gone back to back. They've defended the world title from 2019. They have ascended the mountaintop and stand by themselves as the record champions of the Rugby World Cup with a four. Mm. Having overcome New Zealand again by a single point. Chuck, like, I mean, we can get into the game, but like, let's talk about the scenes. On Saturday evening, like we were bouncing around places uh, because we, we <laughs> tend to leave things late. We'll bounce around places trying to find a place to 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 watch the final. Eventually ended up at a mall and ended up watching it at Spur, at right? Spur. But not even like at Spur, but outside, outside of, Spur. of Spur. Like we're on the through. outside looking in. <laughs> watching the screen through. Uh, looking past people having their dinners and stuff. So it was, it was weird like that. But I mean... It made sense. The whole country was watching, so there was not space to watch anywhere. Like, whether you wanted to go to a mall, to a, a fan park, whether you wanted to go to a sports bar, everywhere was packed. So, yeah. as you said, we left it too late, but nonetheless, it didn't diminish the joy. It didn't diminish the spectacle. It was it was immense. I mean, it was great. Good to come and I went to go my camp chair, and I bought mamas who were explaining scores because we're just in a neutral environment, you know, with people who are lovers of the sports, just lovers of the country. The kind and of language CSA. that we were hearing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, it's, it didn't it, work it's on Richie. Not, it's not something that you would have heard in a traditional rugby crowd. Yeah. That way. If you were like set up in Loftus a couple of years ago, uh, maybe maybe even a decade ago, no ways, you know. But then, like you hear, you hear like voices, and you hear accents, and you hear like people, literally from every walk of life, literally from every part of the country. People from the township, people from the burbs. People from like CBD, like everyone, it felt, it honestly felt like the whole of South Africa had come out to watch these Springboks make an attempt at history. 
Do you think, Jay, this suggests Vele Vele with Springboks United Nation? Because as you're saying, everyone was there, everywhere. I mean, we were at Mall of Africa. Uh, it was what, spot number two that we tried. That was packed. We were easily, what, 150 meters from the screen or yes. even maybe 200. That screen was bright and amazing, but we were just too far to really get into it. Or we could see with the big, the, the important bits. I'm a penal, Demetri, major tackles. But we were in a good spot um, in terms of witnessing the country come together. Do you think then the mantra of Springboks Unite the Country is true? In America, they've got the saying where it's, you've drank the Kool-Aid. Mm. Meaning you've, 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 you've bought into the propaganda. You yeah. know, like the Springboks are partly a propaganda machine and they are partly a, a, a symbol of, of hope mm. and of unity. The idea of what South Africa can be or the utopia of and in some people's eyes it's not um it's it's, it's the utopia from sure. a certain vantage point but the the marketing machine of what the springboks are from when nelson mandela took 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 up for them and said not to take away the springboks from south africa from the previous regime that was in power that those people and mm. Him then iconically like stepping on that stage to 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 hand over the trophy to Francois Pina. From from that moment, mm. the Springboks have taken on new meaning, and they've they've leaned into that like as as the organization, especially especially the last five to ten years, especially with then Sia becoming the first Black African to be the captain of the Springboks, and him taking that on not just as a Okay, this happened to me and it's great. But he yeah. he truly he truly he truly symbolizes that. And when he when he speaks about the conversations that he that he has with Rasi, uh, I was chuckling when he was saying that Rasi in in telling all of them that they need to be more tolerant of one another. He mentions that if you are if you are bothered or irritated by people singing, mm. you just have to let them sing. And I'm like, we know who's singing, <laughs> and <laughs> like maybe where that message was going. But mm. the fact that I'll tell you. I'll tell you where I'm. 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 I'm buying into it a little more. Is because when I do hear Sia speaking about uh, his experience, experience of him and his teammates, and how Rasi is is is, is leading this deliberately, mm. there seems to be a deliberateness from the the camp of players. Like those those group of players seem to buy into the idea that they are playing for more than just the badge, for more than just themselves. They are playing for South Africa. I gotta say though, like as well, like every single chance Sia got on international TV, man, he was talking about how things are not okay at home. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Cause John Smith said so you in another podcast as well. It's like time, maybe I was essentially guys. Yeah. But you know what? Like <laughs> mm. those are the conversations that they are having, you mm. know, and that's what they're using as inspiration. So as I'm saying, I, I generally do believe um, part of it is like it's 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 a propaganda machine. Mm. But as well, when you saw the scenes on 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 Saturday, that we've bought into it, and not not because we've been duped. Um, I think I think there is relation to these players and to the stronger together, and like all the mantras, and when they come out and they say who they're doing it for, mm. that ultimately they're doing it for us. Mm. And the best in the case. As well, you know, um, but as soon as like we lifted that trophy, the Lord Shedding came back and we need them to go again and win another title. But, but you know, what? yeah, I'll Jack, tell you something. the entire country came out and they're behind the spring box. Kurulin is, is still flying the flag high because so we only had what an hour, 30 minutes so or something even. Yeah, they are doing their own thing. But when you talk about the Stronger Together campaign, Jay, I was wondering to myself that how long are they going to push this narrative? Because it worked for the last campaign. Oh, Stronger Together and the fact that to, put, to don the Springboks jersey is a privilege. The challenges of facing the final are not real challenges because challenges are all we have back home. That story was great. Then you got the Makazole Mapimpi story. In what was of the sun? What's it called? Chasing, Chasing the, sun. the sun. Great. Next World Cup is Stronger Together again. And I'm like, how long can we push this narrative? Because tried and trusted it works. He totally cap. Can we do this again and again? Speak like this again and again? Then you hear Aguti, we're doing it for our family, our relatives, for Tataka Eben, for his Witeyam, and all these other things. And I mean, I, I believe that you, you can't get tired of playing for the people you love. You can't get tired. It's a, it's a marketing machine and it's worked, but they've, they've opened up our eyes because no other no other team does this. I mean, and they do well, but they're not saying that they're playing for us. 
not to say what they are not, but we don't hear it from them as an organization. We are putting our, 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 our bodies on the line for you, you know? And I think that narrative and that idea made it seem like, okay, they are doing it for us, and then they then yet another final. When you hear Sia speak, as you say, Sia never... We, I, let, me, let me rather say this. I thought that he was not the best captain because he didn't have that aura or he wasn't the giant of the game. But Sia always says, we as a team, or Rossi helps me, or, or Jacques helps me, or there are other leaders in the group. And you get this collective togetherness. They, 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 they are a band of brothers who, who go out there and fight. So I think just that idea, I think for me, over years and over time, I got to believe that I got to understand that this is who the Springboks are because 95 was just at Chester Williams. But since then, there's a lot more. And I mean, we have Mbonami star. Ox is a star. Lukanyo M is a star. C is a star. And you're like, okay, these people represent me. Trevor's still dancing. <laughs> you know what I mean? These absolutely people represent star. me. And they're absolutely themselves. I think that's what C said as well, that everyone is allowed to be themselves. CS, we are putting my captains around, going my training uh, sessions. That's him. That's who he is. The other guys don't sing, and that's who they are, and that's fine. But they've come to be, to be themselves. So... I think we were truly represented even in France. It felt like, you know how people were saying to the 2010 World Cup wasn't quite a South African World Cup because there was too much Western influence and Nani. Well, that's their prerogative, their, their um, opinion. In terms of the Springboks, I believe they became South Africans. Nothing was stopping them from being South Africans. That's, that's him being himself. He could have just said it in English. He could have. He really could have. But that's him being himself, you know? So... The scenes, the feeling, um, it's amazing, man. In terms of the game itself, um, in terms of what happened on the field and culminating with the Springboks becoming the record welcome champions, what what's your takeaway from this campaign by the Springboks? I'll first give you a simple ma- a bit of maths. 29 plus 16 plus 12, 57. You know, we know this number to be magical. <laughs> Tisa knows that 57 is magical, but... One thing that I saw from the final, like, um, and it's, it was hard to pick up, obviously, when we we're watching it in those in those places that we named. We actually enforced our, our our game plan on them. We actually played quite well. We didn't maybe execute everything in terms of CF passing to Jesse Krill for the try or or, or, or Aronson gathering and, and making um that 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 pass count. But in terms of how we played and how 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 the New Zealanders um the New, Z- New Zealand New Zealanders reacted, I think they were struggling in the first half. They only came on strong in the second half. But in the first half, it was our game, which we hadn't seen for a long time. By a long time, I mean the past two weeks, the semis, the quarterfinals. We were being dominated. We were um, dance- dancing to the other team's tune. But in the first half, somehow we got things right, and that was good. In the second half, we were holding on because the, the all, all Blacks were pouring it on. Zero points in the second half. The All Blacks were pouring it on, and I mean. TMO saved this the first try. Five minutes later, they score their try anyway. But I mean, it was a Herculean task. I mean, Peter Steph. When we were there, we couldn't see it because we're in the vibe. But when I watched it again, I was like, this guy was immense. Easy. Even off, off first half performance alone, he's man of the match. Every telling tackle, Peter Steph was there. Dion Fourier came on for Umbo Nambi. was amazing as well. Early. Early, and he was amazing as well. So in terms of them... Walking the talk, which we're gonna leave it all out, leave it all out there on the field. That, that's what that's what they, they did exactly, and couldn't be more prouder. Yeah, man, I I think of the Springboks, and I was thinking Rocky Marciano, mm. not Balboa. Balboa is the movie, actual Rocky, uh, who finished his career as a boxer, forty nine and all. Mm. And when you when you think back and you look back on Rocky Marciano's career, you don't hear him being spoken of in the same way as Muhammad Ali because he wasn't beautiful mm. in the ring. He wasn't all out dominating his opponents. He wasn't standing over them and asking them to say my name. Mm. He was holding on for most of those fights. Like his face after those fights was battered and bruised and, and caving in. But he never lost because he always found a way. That's why he was 49 and all. Mm. And the Springboks for me are that kind of team where Quarterfinal, semifinal, final, we know famously now they won by a single point each. And in that final, New Zealand got went down to 14 men, right? And I do think this galvanized the, the New Zealanders to to come at the Springboks hard. And Sia spoke about this, that Rasi said that in at halftime that this is gonna work in their favor because they are gonna come on strong because these this is who the New Zealand All Blacks are. This is why they're the greatest rugby team. This is why they are great they are our greatest rivals. We expected that and they brought that. Mm. And the narrative in some circles is the fact that, well, if they did that with 40 men, can you imagine if Sam Kane wasn't red carded and he was there for the entirety of the game? The Springboks were lucky to get away with that. Mm. Mm. And my response to that is I believe that if they were 
they they had the complement of 15 men the entirety of the game, the Springboks would have found a way. I believe if Richie Moonga converts and they go a point up, the Springboks would have marched down the field, even though I know they scored zero points in the second half. Mm. But if that had happened, where they had to score another point or two or three to to win that game, they suddenly would have found a way. Even if Barrett, Chuck, with that last gasp penalty attempt, if he converts that some way, somehow, and mm. there's ample evidence. Like you look in you look in the quarterfinals. In the quarterfinals, France were giving us as good as we could get. What did the Springboks do? The Springboks get little ball in hand, but what little ball they have, they go over their whitewash each time. France was scoring tries, the Springboks are scoring tries. And then when it came down to it, the Springboks are able to bring on Pollard and he ices the game. Mm. Same thing against England. For the majority of that game, England brought the perfect tactical approach to play those Springboks as well as the conditions on that particular night. And we did not look like we were going to come out of that hole. But then with 20 minutes to go, we figure it out. Mm. Half an hour into that game, we started with Mani Libok. The coaches pull Mani Libok because we were finding a way. And I'll tell you that the only game we lost in this World Cup against Ireland in the group stages, I believe if that game was played in the knockout rounds where it mm. absolutely counts, we would have found a way to win that match as well. So my great big takeaway is that this team that felt like a team of destiny were unbeatable when it counted most. Because as well, they are the defending champions. They know how to win. This group of players, the majority of them, they've done it before. They knew what it takes. We were concerned everywhere around the world. We were concerned. Are they going to be able to get up again after the quarterfinals? Will they be able to find that same emotion? Will they be able to recover emotionally? Will they be able to recover physically to go against uh, like England? They did. And then after adding the England game to what happened against France, can they do it again against the New Zealand side who looked imperious against Argentina and who were on the rise and who had the extra day? And they did it. Like even when, Chuck, we had to pull our contender for World Rugby Player of the Year, Eben Elizabeth, in those matches, mm. we were not afraid to do that because that was the path that opened up for us to go and grab the world title. So regardless of what happened in that final, I believe that the Springboks would have always found a way. And as far as championship teams go, they don't come any better than the Springbok side. I mean, let's look at the All Blacks because they just kept on coming and coming and coming. And you can name um, Rikwe Wani, you can name Uwuruchi Mwanga, Adi Sevilla, you, the, the whole host of those who were wearing All Black were, were an immense team to beat. Um, I mean, and, and the fact that we did it twice in a calendar year, I think that was amazing. Um, the fact that we did it when it counts as well. Because I think, I think as much as people are saying don't count history and what happened in the game at Twickenham, I think that gave them a bit of a reality check that if these boys are on, they're going to give us a game. And when, and, and when I look at that game, the Springboks, sorry, the All Blacks somewhat gave up in that game. They, they, they considered that, you know what, the Springboks are a better team and, and we somewhat had our way with them. And I thought to myself, when it comes to the final, is there something like that or an element like that that might creep into the game? I won't say they gave up, but I think in the first half, they somewhat understood that there's not much you can do about the Springboks when they are on song, when, when they're getting things right. I mean, there was a tactic that I saw Yagaras to put Peter Steph on the wing. For when we're doing up and up, uh, up and under, so if someone is chasing and you want someone to connect, someone to collect the ball, Peter Steph is a giant of a man. Chance of him winning it is, is, is great, and you see you see him backing or, or chiseling Kobe on that wing more often than not. When we're out of possession, you see him in the center again making those tackles. That try saving tackle between Curtis Aronson and Chiseling Kobe from the middle of the park where all blacks start that that passing phase. You can see Kobe tracking that run going all the way across to assist his brother. And you, you can see that effort, that reading of the game, as you're saying, when it counts the most, we're unbeatable because your game is not a Kobe. You're supposed to stay on that wing. What, what brings you, you know? It's just that those instincts and them coming alive and them just understanding the moment. And then we look at Sia's uh, performance as well. Not really good in the quarters, not really good in the semis, but when it counts the most, his, his hand was raised and it was there to be counted. So in terms of the, whole, the entire team, man, I think we used the entire 23 very well. Um, obviously, some played a bigger role than others. But the fact that we're willing to go Nomani Libok the whole way, Peter Steph came because Makazole Mapimpi was injured. Without Mapimpi, we don't have a Pollard, which maybe for other people would say would write a different story. But I'm with you in terms of we would have found another way. That's exactly what I mean, though. We would have found another way. Because, because... we lost Malcolm Marx. Mm. And then we lost Monambi, our other recognized hooker, early in, in, in that final. And then we bring on a Dion Fari who's played in in as a loose in, in the loose, amongst the loose trios for the last five years mm. hasn't been playing as a hooker for for that for 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 that time 
and only made his debut for the Springboks at the age of 35. And we were able to battle through that. So mm. when you look at what Pollard did, not missing one single kick at that World Cup, I, I would say that we needed him. You know, we definitely needed him to, to, to win the World Cup. But if things had played out in such a manner that we didn't get the injuries that brought the, like Pollard into, into the side, Lukanyu M, once upon a time, not so long ago, was thought of as perhaps the best player in the world, mm. not just in his position, but in the world. He came into this team, didn't get a sniff, and we still won the World Cup. So it, it sounds like hot air, but I, I really have said, I'm sitting here having watched the Springboks for the last two months, and I think to myself that if we didn't have the option to bring Pollard afforded to us to this, to, to this World Cup team, some way, somehow, we would have found a way. Because as you mentioned, that game at Twickenham against uh, the All Blacks, we kept on going for the corners, mm. you know, and we kept on going for the lineout. And the lineout didn't work very well in this World Cup. So like that, which was a strength for us. Mm. Where the rolling more. You didn't the see rolling much more. Of we, it, yeah. we did not see much of it in this World Cup. Uh, and, and the lineout as, as, as a whole mm. wasn't perfect. Yes, partly because we were, we were hampered in terms of like our hookers, you know. And my opinion as well is that we were beat up for most of the time when it came to 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 the rugs mm. across this World Cup. So it wasn't vintage performance in terms of, man, this is Rolls-Royce rugby that you're seeing here. I think the greatest team as a show was that 2011 to 2015 All Blacks. But there's different ways to win. And the goal of, of tournaments and of finals is you just have to win them, mm. you know? Mm. And I was explaining to someone who was asking what is what is the significance of 7-1, they're a football fan. Like, think Mourinho, mm. like when he came into the new Camp, back when Pep was the coach of Barcelona and he was coaching Inter Milan. All oh, those Chelsea sides that came to the new Camp mm. and knew that they cannot go tiki for taka with, with Barcelona. But we know what we can do in order to come through this. And they did that. Mm -hmm. They managed that. And this is who the Springboks team is. Um, so even without a Pollard or whoever else we brought in, or if none of those other guys got injured, or whoever that we decided to turn to in 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 those moments, they would have come into an environment that is one accustomed to winning. They know what it is to be champions, and they know what it takes to win, and would have iced it at the end of the day. What do you think this says about Rossi? Because Rossi is a genius, man. I mean, the greatest mind in rugby history. Probably, yeah, because I mean, we look at the 2019 um, World Cup win, right? Right, and you're like, okay, he was looking at the 2023, which is the one we won right now. But in 2019, I think he had somewhat the perfect machine in terms of this particular style that we played in the final, and it worked. This time, he was he was tweaking things and he was changing things, and he had injuries to deal with, and he had different opposition to deal with. And I mean, there were times when things didn't work out, but he still found a way. He found the personnel. He found the right remedy for the issues. Because I mean. We were saying that all blacks are, are becoming better as the tournament goes on and we are getting more tired. And it was like, well, it needs Rusty to pull a rabbit out the hat, which I, I believe he did in terms of the personnel that he chose. Um, sticking with the Pollard, sticking with the Fafti Clack, sticking with the, 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 the forward pack that he chose. I believe that he he pulled it off once again. Um, in, in, in not the prettiest fashion, but he did it anyway. And and it's like you say with Mourinho, you can one, you can you can you can win it like Mourinho did at the Camp Nou, or you can win it like Mourinho did when he, when he first was introduced to English football, where you're like, oh, this team is dominant, and uh, Stanford yeah. British is, is a fortress. Either way, it's a masterclass. You know, you have to appreciate both sides of it. And if you can it's win... It's not pretty, ugly, but it's effective. And because everyone says, ah, you can win, or you can beat them if you do A, B, C, and D. Try it. If it doesn't work, then you can't beat them. It's as simple as that, you know? So, Rassi, hats off. And Try. Jacques. Yeah. And Jacques. Uh, the, the brains behind the defensive system, which... Some others have tried it, but haven't quite mastered it at the level that uh, Jacques was coaching it. So, and there's no ego between those two men in terms of who is the headline, you mm -hmm. know. And rightly, Jacques is the coach of the 2023 World Cup champions, as Rassi was the coach of the 2019. And Rassi was assisted by Jacques in 2019, and Jacques was assisted by Rassi in 2023. So, as a combo, man, it's it's um, it's McCartney and Lennon. Uh, we we've seen greatness, and 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 the reason it's so great for me is because they put their ideas on the line for the world to judge. Mm. Had they not won this World Cup, Chuck, they would have been ridiculed that they tried too much, they did too much, they played players out of position. This uh, uh, dividing players between between continents, between games, and giving players the minutes that they shouldn't have gotten and then getting a Pollard and then still going back to money after seeing what he's, what he's uh, kicking was like in this tournament. 
if it didn't work out, then they would have been called people who tweak too much. You mm. know, it, it it would have been like Pep when he got into the finals where he thought himself. Mm. But then they won. So we'll we'll never we'll never get to know. We'll never know what people are gonna say, what we say now, and we can rightly call them geniuses because they went out there, as I'm saying, and they went radical left or radical right, whatever you wanna how whichever direction you want to go. Mm. And they stood behind that. They stood behind the decisions, regardless of whether the fans or from South Africa or other Rapi Fashionados were looking at that a little a little funny. Mm. They did it, and they had the trust of their team, and the team backed them up by, by bringing back the big one. You know what I what I love about what CS says. CS speaks about buying. When you think about who these coaches are and, and the idea that they bring in, you have to have buying because if no one's if if everyone's not on the same page, easily that can fall apart. When I think about the fact that our scrum wasn't particularly the best in this World Cup, we wouldn't really have much success against the New Zealand scrum, to be honest. Not in, not the, in final. the final. Um, when even you talk when about, Ox came on. Yeah, even when Ox came nothing changed because they're a good scrambling side as well. Lionhouse didn't work out particularly well. Rolling Mold didn't work out particularly well. But we had this idea because when you think about Rossi and you think about Jacques Ninaba, always on the edge of what's conventional and what's crazy, basically. Because last campaign, 6-2 split, there was noise. Now it's 7-1. There's noise. There is scrumming for penalties. There's noise about the rules and head contact. There's, there's always controversy because they, they, they are breaking new barriers. They are introducing things that are new. I mean, we were like, John Stones is finished at Man City. And then John Stones is an extra body in the midfield and he drops a masterclass in the final. And you're like, oh, so Pep figured this out. And you're like, oh, Master I understand. Shares, I, I understand. You know, it takes a while sometimes to understand. But when you get it, you get it, you know. So um, I think the players were amazing. Um, all the players who played and the players who didn't play. Um, I mean, and that was just fucking Trevor in the final. Like we haven't seen much of Trevor, but here comes Trevor ready for the final. I mean, the things that they see, the things that they know. As in, I don't want to ruin the moment because when Funti Jongo Munyuba bought fucking Johnny Evans, no more quite the same game. You're like, yes, Chuck, please, do it's, it's fine when you're comparing <laughs> them to the one coach of the one Manchester uh, side. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we sit with with four world titles. That's that's surreal when you think about it. I think. I mean, because we talk, we talk a lot like about football and football has the World Cup that has been going on the longest in terms of like major sports. Mm. Brazil, they would like have five. And then like after them, you have Germany and Italy with, with four. Mm. Like the Springboks in the last 28 years. In the last 28 years, they've been to four finals. They've won each one. They've been to eight tournaments in total and they've won 50% of them. And And that's the thing for me that... When they get to World Cup time, the Springboks become a better version of themselves. Across the history, you look at the winning percentage, you compare that to the winning percentage of the World Cup, you look at the, 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 the winning percentage against the All Blacks, you look, then you compare that to the winning percentage against the All Blacks at the World Cup. Mm. It's night and day. Or even and that's the definition of clutch, when, when you, you can become more yeah. of what you are in those tight moments. And sometimes that build-up comes out like very early. We look at like, like Tri-Nations results. We start to peak there and you're like, oh, this team's actually yeah, becoming better. And then come to the World Cup and we're, we're, we're ready. It's so for everyone, man. The Springboks <laughs> just stand know how alone. to do it. Like, we so stand that, alone. Like, we really four. do. We really do. So congratulations to the Springboks for a, a, a record fourth World Cup title. And I don't know what happens in 2027, but like if we go 12 years like we, we work like we used to, Without another world title, man, the last the last five years, the last four or five years, this last cycle of 2019 and 23 has been a privilege. Uh, and to be a South African and to be known for greatness, we can finally stand atop of all the copies, all the doubles and all the like for likes that are in the universe and say, I am the one. Like Richard Lee, because no one else, no one else can, can say they've got four. No one else has had back-to-back -back since Richard McCall. But, I mean, men were good. And it feels good. I mean, as I say, I support the Miami team, and they go up and down. But we've been steadily going, like, high and, and up for eight years strong. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. Speaking of eight, Chuck, and standing by yourself. Eight. <laughs> Let's go to the approaches. Uh, we'll we'll talk about Monsieur Messi later on. Um, Jay, we've done well, I guess, in the last game. Won by a wicket. It was close. We've done well because 
this is our first victory chasing in this campaign. Um, the last one ended abysmally against the Netherlands. But apart from that, um, it's been a very good batting display. Decent bowling display as well, where everyone who's played, everyone who's bowled at least, has gotten a wicket. Where are you in terms of your expectations of this, of this protest side? Are you thinking that our firepower in terms of the batting will get us through? Or do you think we'll have those hiccups like we did against Netherlands and maybe that close game, nail bites against Pakistan, who aren't really favourites? Where do you think we're at? I'm all in with the protests. Because, Chuck, we've never won a World Cup. And famously, we know we've been traditionally chokers in, in this tournament. So what's the worst that could happen? It's that we choke, which is, oh, that's expected. And if we do that, we don't win the World Cup. We've never done that. So, like, the hope is what kills you, right? And I, I'm all in not because I expect us to win or necessarily I've got a hope, but it's not the kind where, I, <laughs> and maybe maybe I'm fooling myself here, that if it doesn't go well, like, I'm going to be shattered. Because I think I will be shattered. Because uh, that, that that Pakistan game, when it when it came down to it, man, I couldn't even watch. Like I went away from that game for like a little while. One of our children called who had his head in his shirt. The I, entire yeah, time. that was like, me. Dude, game is on watch. That was me. And but then I then I then I came back. Like you know what, hmm. I'm gonna take this like a man. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then we won. You know. Hmm. Um, but I'm all in in terms of imagine if we do it. Hmm. Like. And the reason to imagine if we do it is because, my goodness, that top six, when they are firing, they play at a level that one-day international cricket has never been played. Not this consistent. Teams have put up big totals before. Mm -hmm. We don't hold the world record of the highest total ever. Who holds that record, by the way? I think it's India, if I'm mistaken. It's England, Chuck. England. See? Oh, wait, wait, wait. When they played against who? West Indies. With Gasball. Most recently. No, it's... it's it was what, years after we put up 438? Yes. Okay. Years after, because that's 2006 now, 438. Mm. That was like in the 2010 somewhere. Okay. But those teams have not done that back to back to back to back. When we've batted first, literally each... I, I want to say each of the last seven or eight times when we've batted first in a competitive game, we've put up over 300 runs. Mm. And you look at that and you think to yourself that will give you a chance every single game you play in. It does not matter who you are playing against. If two or three of those top six come off, you are you are set for a, for a big total. Mm. Now, the chasing is still a problem, uh, even after coming through against Pakistan because it wasn't convincing. But I think that will do this Proteus team a world of good. Mm. It's good to have been in that position after we were in that position against Netherlands. And then it not going as well as it ought to have because our, our batsmen, those vaunted top six that I'm talking about, they play shots that you cannot explain, like incredulous shots in the moment, which are not for that moment. Whereas you're thinking to yourself, why aren't you just playing conventionally and bringing the form that you've shown in the previous games who chased down a total? Yeah. But the fact that we went to the brink and were able to come through, maybe it's a microcosm of what's going to happen on a bigger scale that, we're going to be in a situation this World Cup where there's the opportunity to choke. We're going to feel that lump in our, in, our, in, our, in our necks and we're going to get through it. So are you suggesting, before I give you my say on it, if we win the toss all the time, chances are we call all the way? If we win the toss every time, number one, we should not think about what... We, it doesn't... It, the conditions don't matter. Mm. The, the conditions yeah, don't matter. The position so doesn't well. matter. We bet first and we put up 350 plus on there and then we defend the total. Man, you so know yes, what? we have a chance. We have a chance. And I mean, you say pick six is also a number seven in Janssen, which means mm. there's these runs to be had. I'm just curious about the mentality when you're chasing because we've tended to start um, slow enough. By slow, I mean five runs and over. Other, because you've seen like in India or, or New Zealand that by overs number 12, they're already like rolling at nine or eight runs and over. Like, why are you guys that quick? Are you that dominant? Or are you seeing the ball so well? We start like with a measured approach and then we accelerate. So I think to myself, even if the required rate is at seven or at eight, why can't we just knock the ball around like we do? Because we've we've seen in this tournament at least a more patient Queen de Kock. And we're like, oh, this is not quite true, but here we go. And we, we were grateful that you are more patient. And then it should translate to the other batsmen as well. But then as you're saying, those shots come into effect. And as after every milestone, when they get to half a century, that shot comes out. When I get to a century, that shot comes out. So I asked myself, will we keep it together and be composed when we need the big total? I mean, 
mostly if you put up 350, it hasn't really been chased down a lot in this World Cup. It's usually a, a safe, safe enough score on a batting track, by mind you. So I think what you want to do is bat first, which we've done very well. I still have question marks over Reza or, or Temba because Temba still still to come good in this tournament, but I think he will. If it's a batting track and he's a, he's a guy who's been in form for the past season and a half, I don't think he dips now unless he's really on the, on the decline. Then Ofago Reza. Temba's going to score a big score in one of these last three group games. Mm. And then he's going to score a century when it counts. In the Mark final. In the final, like, see, I, I, I hope he does. I hope he does, man, because... One thing about Timber is that he doesn't shy away. That's what, what we like about his character. He doesn't then say, ah, the bowling was this way or that way. He fronts up. He always wants to play or wants to take the, the attack on. We've seen in other, in other teams or other, in other iterations of, of the protest, if someone is struggling, they move him down the order or somewhere else. Timber's like, no, I know I can do this. Let me keep on opening. Because you could easily have Queenie and Markram and you still have the same platform uh, more or less. So the fact that Timber's a fighter, I hope he comes good in the end. The bowling, my, my concern is just being, being able to finish off the tail. If, if we had them on the ropes, let us then go for the jugular. It's about keeping about whom. That's what I want from the protest. If that happens, I'm not looking back. I'm not wondering. I'm saying protest for the win. But because we have that little chink in our arm, I do wonder. Because the, we, leak, we leak a lot of runs, Jay. Like 80 extra, 100 extra, which for me is a lot. Sometimes we leak But then we runs. make it up in the batting. Because yeah, we do. We're, we're we putting in damn near 150 in the last 10 overs. In, in, that's, in that's crazy. When we're batting first. So... That's a cushion for the bowlers. I want to ask but you it's this. disappointing all, all the same. We need to speak about this on some other video some other time. We were say what's the, the cricket, cricket is gone. When when teams can put up 150, the last 10 overs. Nah, <laughs> that's crazy. Because the game's gone. that's not just happening for the approaches. We've got a uh, great top six. Or for India, we've got star performers as well. Or New Zealand. Everyone is doing that. Everyone can chase. Everyone can do whatever. And you're like, you look at all the hundreds. I'm sure eight out of 10 of the hundreds are more than runnable. That's not cricket in any situation. Whether they're chasing, whether they're on top, whether they're preserving wickets, every one of them are at more than one a ball. Obviously, the batting track helps them, but that's a bit crazy. But to give you my take, I think we need to beat... Um, who else we have? We have, we have India. Is that the hardest game before the knockout? So, we're recording before the New Zealand game. So, we've got New uh, Zealand, okay. we've got um, India, and then we've got Afghanistan as well. I think we put up a good display. Whether... whether um, one win more it, win. Yeah, one I, more I win to get will, into the will come will, will be good, right? I think because uh, New Zealand seem to be like on, on, on fire as well. I think if we have a good display, whether we win it or not, if it's close and we lose, it's fine. A good display against a New Zealand or an India, that'll give me an idea in terms of how we're going to do in the knockouts because everyone else, I think we've played them according to their merit. Australia aren't that good. We batted them away. England aren't that good. Well, we punished them. Australia have well, recovered. They have. They've Zampa recovered has, and they put up like Maxwell 388 has. almost got chased down by New Zealand. Mm. Uh, so, so... They started off not so well, That's but they put they're doing in, in New Zealand Oplex and they're recovering and yeah. going going in the right direction. I'll say this when we played them, they weren't good. Yes. And just 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 justifiably so we, we we batted them. But I think if we can put up a good performance against a New Zealand or an India, that gives me an idea in terms of where we are. If we still if we don't do so well, then obviously we need to go up a level. And I don't know if we can because we're already playing at our best. I mean, yes, we can score a double century if maybe Quentin de Kock converts or whatever, but this is as good as it gets to win like tournament uh, uh, cricket because everyone else is trying to emulate what the pro tiers are doing in terms of their running rate, their run rate, sorry, their batsmen firing on all cylinders. Because when you see all these teams score big, it's because of one or two anchors in the, in the team. Whereas with us, one to six is always at least two or three star performers every game. So I think that'll tell me and give me a better picture how we do against either New Zealand or India. But I'm fairly confident, fairly confident. Yeah, I'm curious about the game against India um, because I do think India will get through to the final and they are the team to beat in their backyard. Even when they were dismissed for what seemed like a low total against England, and it is England at this tournament, defending uh, World Cup champions who have just seemed to have given up mm. at this tournament. But that Indian team have done very well when they've chased. Um, Kohli's total has come from him chasing, from them chasing in, in this World Cup. And what we love to do is we love to set the total. What they love to do is chase. Mm. And as I'm saying, in the game against against England, they batted first and they didn't have a very good total. So you might think with them, you want to put them in first. But the thing is, we don't want to do that because mm. we don't want to chase. You don't and even I want think, to chase this right now. There's, nah, Chuck, I want to test our strength against them. I'd, I'd like to see us put up 350 against mm. India batting first and then see how really good are they when they have to chase 
that kind of total. By the way, on, on the matter of chasing, right, with the, with the protests, I actually think we'd be better off if we were chasing 350. I think the 200 and something scores Those where are we, are, we, are, we are being tactical and we are thinking about it and we are trying to maneuver away you know, through, like, through that run chase mm. is where we get into trouble. But I think if you had a total where from the get-go, you can't overthink this. Like mm. you, you, you have to put wood on on leather. I think that might stand us in good stead. It's it's like finishing. You know, when you have all the time in the world, and you have to pick a spot. Some people are not good at that. Whereas if you have to take a snapshot, then you you just put your laces through the through the ball. So I think if it's more instinctual, our approach to the chase, where as I'm saying, we're chasing an impossible an impossible total. Mm. I think we might actually do better than if we are chasing a lower score. So if we do put teams. <laughs> to to bat first, maybe what we should root for is that they they chance our bowling so that our batsmen can go out there and play the natural flair game because we've got big bats and I think you give them so an opportunity to play with their big bats that's they're better off. Say we don't get trounced. What what score do you think is not a two fifty? By that I mean because you're saying if we're chasing three hundred plus, then we just play our natural game and we get there anyway. But a two fifty is a bit. Um, Tricky, tricky because because we have to measure ourselves and not go too crazy because what if we lose wickets whatever and we don't have to go as fast but what 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 do you feel about a 170 do you think it's still still in the re- re- realm of 250 in terms of nah. mentality that's 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 small enough where even if you get into trouble you'll you'll, play. you'll be done by the time uh they figure out how to bowl bowl you out so either end of the either, either end of that contrast but not yes. in the middle not somewhere in the middle those 200 and something totals uh, they're the ones that uh make my heart panic but we're going to be two-time world champions in the space of a month uh, with the protest falling good. on the Springboks. I, there's, there's enough there with that batting. Like, mm. of course, we never go, we're not going to be in a situation. It might happen. Like, it's happened. The odds are low, but it has happened before that you win six um, coin tosses in a row. Whether we do it, uh, if destiny. the other team, if destiny is on our side, that if we're a team of destiny at this World Cup, that's exactly what's going to happen. So, yeah, I, I I believe in those bats because, as I'm saying, they're historic. They're not yeah. just, oh, this is the best like the protests have ever produced. No. Across the entirety of one-day international um, history, there's never been this kind of production from a batting unit. And they got to win, surely. We've, we've gone into World Cups with better names, with, with bigger names, more quality, and, and bigger stars. But this consistency and this this amount of runs has never been displayed, as you say. So Also, the protests are too good. Tough. Yeah. Well, like when you look at the overall record, the Proteas have a winning record against every single team, every single team, including Australia, mm. which we've turned around like in recent, the last, in recent times, let me say that. So you look at that team who have a winning record against everyone, they surely should have a World Cup. Temba is Jewel, just like Sia had his moments. I mean, I think it'd be more okay. suitable for, for Temba. When you look at all the, the buzz and the negative news and all that stuff, Temba is Jewel, man. I'm 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 with you on that one, and I think it's gonna happen, eh? I think I I believe. Yeah. I I I believe, until I'm heartbroken. But for now, as is as I'm saying, I'm all in. I believe. Uh, bring on those 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 matches against the remaining teams. Bring on the semifinals and the final. I'd like to take on India in the final, and maybe We're I wouldn't like to. Yeah. But like. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. It. Actually, it doesn't matter what the path looks like. I mm. don't care who you put on our path. I think we can do it. I think we have enough to do it. I think we need to have it just like Fabrizio has it in his mind, or on his mind, but in, in his ear. Before the ceremony happened, it's already in the bag. That's how we should be believing. But before the final, we're already going all the way. Temba, it's now. Let's do it. Let's move on to football. Let's move on to maybe the Academy Awards Grammy night of the football world. That is, of course, the presentation of the Ballon d'Or. And as we always do, Chuck, uh, we start with the winner, right? Uh, The men's category, Lionel Messi won a record-extending eighth uh, title. And where we usually start, we will start uh, here again. The right decision? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, if you go with Eden Hazard, right? Can Eden I just say, say before you continue, you. you've never, you've never answered that. We've we've been doing this podcast for 
in the time that we've been doing this podcast, Messi has won three Ballon d'Ors, and all, I believe. And all three and on just... all three occasions, when I've asked the question, you've never just came out and said yes. And 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 all those three occasions, it's never been Nogutti's lost. He he would have lost out to Ronaldo had it not been him. It's Lewandowski. It's uh Haaland, mind or even Mbappe. If I think about it this way, right? PSG in League One, I believe Mbappe was a, was a better player than Messi. Mm-hmm. In the World Cup, that vaunted four years, four 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 weeks, where Messi was crowned the, the greatest or the goat, Mbappe was a better player than Messi in that tournament. So how does he get in front of him all of a sudden because of the title? Oguti, he's the goat now. All of a sudden, he, he goes in front of Mbappe for that title. For me, it doesn't quite make sense. And then on the other hand, there's Uhaland who. Yes, we can say Man City were, were a good team without him anyway, but the fact that he was, maybe not the Champions League, but everywhere else, an integral part into, in, in, in contributing for the treble. For me, it's like uh, four weeks versus an entire league campaign where someone won every, almost everything that, that there is to offer. Your teammate was shining brighter than you next to you, Marawita Tire. For me, I don't know, man. It doesn't quite seem right. Because, I mean, even at seven, he was who he I don't think eight as, as to his legacy. Uh, eight, eight is eight. Well, I'm saying it doesn't make him better than what I thought about him when he had seven, or when he had six, or when he had five. Um, but I think, I think the the youngsters were robbed, man. I don't know if you would agree, but the others shone brighter. Is he the best player? Yes, I'm nigger, but others shine bright, b- so, brighter. So, like, if I go off of what you were saying, right? Yeah. When you, when, when you are making the case for Haaland, he won everything. That's, I believe, then what comes into the reckoning between Messi and Mbappe. That everything that Mbappe won with PSG, Messi did as well. Mm-hmm. And in terms of, I, I also believe that Mbappe was the better player at PSG. And the title of best player in the world for me is is Kylian Mbappe at this point in time. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't so much better than Messi. That man, how did he how did he close that chasm with his teammate? He, he 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 not only had good numbers, but he had good performances right next to Mbappe. So it wasn't a, oh man, that guy is wiping the floor with his teammate. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to uh, the World Cup, that's then the other mitigating factor um, with, 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 with Mbappe that I believe Mbappe, win, if France win that match, mm. the result is we are talking about Mbappe as the Ballon d'Or winner this morning, mm-hmm. you know? And... I think something that hasn't been considered when when you talk about because if you were to compare it's like Mbappe was close he was there in the final when you talk well, about Haaland in the final and outshone Messi in that final because I mean yes he, see I wouldn't say he outshone him like he like for the first eighty minutes of that game Mbappe was not in that game and and very clearly the best player on the pitch for the majority aggregated the best player in that final was Messi in terms of the hat trick makes it like the highest points mm. were, were 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 scaled by Mbappe. But I don't think just on that final, I think in the World Cup, the best player was Mbappe. Mm. But in the final itself, that wasn't the case. Which is why I'm saying that had had the result of the game, which is ultimately what I think is is why we're talking about Lionel Messi as an eight-time Ballon d'Or winner, was the biggest thing. Mm. Unless we forget, Haaland was not at the World Cup. And if what you didn't do um, because of your team, Messi at PSG, counts against you, then it must count against Haaland that he wasn't at the World Cup. And we know that in World Cup years, the Ballon d'Or is weighted heavily towards what you do in a particular tournament. That is why... Unless Modric you're Chavio Iniesta, but yeah. Yeah, unless Another you one of them two. Or Snyder. Um, and you happened to coincide with Messi's absolute peak. These are the things that happen. But... I mean, my feeling about this Ballon d'Or isn't a yes. He's justified to have won it. It's a feeling I have, like mo- mostly during like every other Ballon d'Or. What I've consistently said on here is, if it went to the other person, I I wouldn't have um, protested because of the fact that since we've been recording mm. and Messi's Messi's um, Ballon d'Ors that he's won have not been in his prime. So in his prime, my absolute genuine belief is that there was there was not anyone close in terms of that's very clearly the best player in the world. Now though, the other guys who were up for the Ballon d'Or right next to him, if it had gone to them, I thought they were close enough where mm. it makes makes sense why you give it to them. With Haaland, I've told you that man, 
I need more football. So, like, so I need more football. But I saw this caption, and I, I'm thinking maybe that's where you are, where he won the Hult Mueller, uh, which award. was created for Lewandowski to justify <laughs> the robbery that Messi would have got, got the Ballon d'Or that year, where Lewandowski maybe should have gotten it. So it's another robbery. <laughs> anyway, but so so when he wins that that award, would you then say this is a, an award fitting for Uhaland? You're the best goal scorer, not necessarily the best. What does that even mean? Like. Why are the nominees like because the best goal scorer is the, the most goals, which is which is the title? I, consistently as well, I say, if we are awarding anything in team sports, I'm talking about football, like specifically, the golden boot makes sense because you can you you can count mm -hmm. and you know who very clearly stands at the top because it's the one with the most numbers. Whereas if we're deciding who the best player is, the criteria is yeah. not very clear. Like, it's whatever you feel, whatever you see, whatever you derive from the stats, uh, what it like, it depends on the team that they're playing for. So, there's, there's too many variables to like just full on say, yes, give it to that one guy. Mm. Um, and I'm I, and I'd include Messi in that, like, as uh, like the talk of like Messi's the greatest, you know, because of the criteria we've built for ourselves, but put Messi at center back, like, he'd, he'd look like what the heck is he doing in the sport? Mm. So, it's very hard to compare. Um, so that award is funny to me. Uh, one, because I, I do know they created it so that Lewandowski could feel better <laughs> about Messi winning the Ballon d'Or. And now again, like Haaland has something from but, the award. But that sounds, as you're saying, it was made for him so it doesn't feel like he was robbed. I think that's 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 not good. Because even if it was made for him, it's still not the Ballon d'Or. It doesn't make up no, for the fact that he played well and he's, he's supposed to get um, that trophy. And when they were like, no... There's no problem to this year. Like, but we finished our season. I was the best goal scorer. But do you think um that was a robbery? That was like you and, agree with the first one. And I, I and, believe because he did better numbers in the second one. I know you have a case with Messi carried Barcelona in that uh next campaign. I believe he should have at least won one of them. I have allowed a cry for the second one. Yeah, for me it's it's definitely like for me, it's definitely the year where there was no uh ceremony. There was football still. Mm -hmm. Like whether football went on for a week like award who the best player was like in that week and he'd done enough mm. uh as well as the fact that you can retrospectively like award things man one of the things that happened with Messi going to eight Palindios is when France football I think said if they were awarding if they're giving out the award going back in their history to players outside of Europe because for the first for a long time mm. it was only open to players or European and players were playing in Europe, but now it's you could be playing the PSL and could you could win like the Ballon d'Or. It's not going to happen, but you could. And then when they were revisit, revisiting that in how they do it now, mm. they said Pele would have had seven, you know. Yeah. So Messi stands by himself in that one as well. But if you can do that, why why are you not able to now even go back to twenty twenty one and say, mm. oh, let's give we want to award it and give it to Lewandowski because. Yeah, especially because he didn't then win it like the following year. I kind of feel the thing that would paper over that maybe as, as best as it could is to give him one. And it wouldn't be a pity one because, again, we saw enough football mm. and general consensus is that he should have won it. They won, they won the treble with Bayern Munich that yeah. year and he was the leading goal scorer. So I want to ask you, Jay. Say, I'll say, but seeing that uh, Messi won the World Cup, right? Um, you got the the the, the, the one piece of silver that was missing in his cabinet, and you got that robe in in in, in Qatar, and you looked like a prince, and you were everyone was saying, "What? Undisputed, he's the goat, child." Do you think if you were snubbed and someone else got the Ballon d'Or, that it would have been unjust? Because this is like his crowning moment. Yes, it's not at his peak, but this is like for many people and in many people's eyes that. It's only right that this guy gets the World Cup because he's given football so much. He's played at such an amazing level. And to not give him the Ballon d'Or at the level where he's been crowned the best because he's won the World Cup as well. Do you think it would have been a snub or it's understandable that there were other performers? I think in the minds of many people, especially like uh, Messi fanatics, it would have felt like that. Mm. It's, a, it's a strange place, Chuck, um, where Messi is because... In winning the World Cup, I went, I went into the World Cup saying him how whatever he does at the world world cup does not change how i view him i i thought he was the goat before the world cup i think is the goat after the world cup but there seemed to be a narrative mm -hmm. that this is the one thing that's missing and if he gets this then the debates are over 
you know, here's the code. Yeah. And then he did that. And then now it feels like, well, now that he's done this, can all everybody can can there be a, a, a stamp that is like put on top of that stamp? Yeah. Which is a strange thing for me because he won the World Cup. That's the thing. He won the World Cup. Like, and for me, if that's the closing chop chapter, that's cool. You know, like he's 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 got the biggest trophy like in the game. So the Palandio is 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 nice, but I I do think that in in the minds of many people would have felt like, but then he did that, and then you didn't give him the Palandio. What more must he do? Which again is a crazy kind of question. Like yeah, no, he doesn't more? need to do any more. Like he already had seven, you yeah. know, and you can't feel like ah oh, man, he's hot done. He's been hot. He's been hot done by not getting that one. As as I'm saying, like I would have given Messi like the Palandio in the other years, that, except for 2014 that other people won the Ballon d'Or. But I'm not here thinking, yeah, it should have absolutely gone to him like he was robbed. Mm. Like, he's got eight. He had yeah. seven, now he's got eight. So, it would have been a ridiculous thing, but I do think a lot of people would have felt like that he he was snubbed. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't. Uh, and and there's there's a feeling, but it's not as much as I think it would have been that Haaland was, was snubbed. Mm. But like Pep said, you know, when he pulled him after scoring five goals and rather not give him an opportunity for a double hat-trick, he's young. If exactly. he gets, scores a double hat-trick now, what's he going to do like in his career? Which if is he what, gets an, uh, now, what's he going to do for the rest of his which career? Which is what Richimuanga said to have him not pass to World Cup. He's young, he'll, he'll score another. He'll, yeah, he'll, have an, he'll have another opportunity. Um, But, I mean, if, in, in the unlikely circumstance that Ronaldo went all the way to win the World Cup, do you think he would have had enough to, to win it because he had shambles of a season with United issues then finally going um to, to the Saudi League do you think if he won it because the notion was this is the one that says it all to you the goal do you think then he gets the Ballon d'Or or do you think the other work in the in the club shirt is not enough if we're just looking at him because I mean you did say that Mbappe didn't um, beat Messi by that much as much as we're not saying it was a spectacular season at PSG mm -hmm. it was close enough to Mbappe where you can count that as a good good enough season I don't. Th I don't think he would have won it. I think he would have fallen into the same category as those French players mm. from 2018, where Modric is the one who won after losing in the final. Yeah. Versus the guys who won, where not one person had that much of a standout um, season mm. with their club, and then bringing it to the French national team. That okay, give it to him. I, I think when you consider where he finished, um, yeah. I don't know. I saw. Although I think there was a troll, actually. So let me not even mention that. But he wasn't in the top 30. Um, so do I... Where, where were Portugal knocked out? Oh, the uh, of they were knocked out by Morocco. So I think 16 or quarters. Yeah. So I think going all the way would have vaulted him into the top 30. But I don't think to the very top spot. Yeah, because, I mean, he was also scratchy in terms of his World Cup form. If they and also the fact that he lost his place in the team. Yeah, there would have been other stars. So had they won it with that situation... It's just in my yeah. head that, you know, that whole final debate that this is going to say it if he wins it however he does win. Because, I mean, Messi was integral to Portugal winning the... the to Argentina winning the World Cup. So, I mean, it's, it's justifiable, justifiable. I want to ask you this before we move on because... Oh, Harry Kane, if I'm mistaken, finished 18th. Mm. How the hell did that happen? So by the way, this is the this is the other reason that Why you I don't. was voting. I wasn't voting for okay, no, that's different because I said the Premier League player of the year. I think it's eighteen. Yeah, I would have I would have had um, Harry Kane uh, when I thought he was the best player in the Premier League, like yeah. scoring thirty goals for pre-Ange Tottenham Hotspur. Nineteenth, corrected nineteenth. Yeah, was a was it was a bigger achievement than what Haaland did in that. Manchester City side scoring 36 goals. But, of course, when you take into consideration the fact that Haaland did similar things in the Champions League mm. and then didn't play all that much in the FA Cup, but then his team did win the FA Cup and was part of a treble-winning team. Yes. Um, but, yeah, Hurricane being down that low is down to the fact that Spurs were horrible. They finished eighth. Mm. And England were knocked out of the World Cup in, in the quarterfinals. So, he he's his teams that he played for uh, unfortunately hampered him. I think he, he deserved to be top 10 at the very least for me because, I mean, yes, his teams went good, but the level of performance that he put up was, was amazing because in the Prem, for me, you were, you were saying either Haaland or, 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 or Kane. So if it's... There could That's be the thing, a gap Chuck, year, 17 places between the two. The, the Polandio, which I would have no issue if it was scrapped. That's the thing. That's the thing with the Polandio. Mm. Like, it's not necessarily an award for the best player in the world because your your 
issues with Kane finishing where he is, you're thinking ability and what he was able to produce as an individual. But And they've said that team um, performance comes into it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but then if you play for teams that suck or not that good, what can you do about that? Hey, you are it's looked at to, 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 to raise their level. Yeah. And what, what Spurs are doing without Kane doesn't look good for Kane. But ultimately, in, in that game against France as well, because he missed the penalty in that game, right? That's where he missed uh, mm. the penalty, I believe. Not really recalling him particularly well, but could be, could be. And you're looking to him maybe in the way that Mbappe was, was, was doing a carry job for France in the World Cup. For him to do that, if he brings them through that and they get to the final and they win, maybe we have a different conversation by Hurricane. But yeah, man, there's, there's there's just too many things to consider, and it's it's not always the same thing in any given year. So you that's why you'll have a Kane finishing uh, where he does, and situations sometimes where you feel some people are robbed, or some people are snubbed because mm. what are we actually truly judging? For me, if we're judging the best player in in the world. As I'm saying, all those years, it's messy for me. This particular judging period mm. has been Mbappe. But if you are then pulling all these other things, I can see why we landed on Messi yet again. As I'm saying, if it wasn't him and it was, was Mbappe. Well, you see, and the Mbappe versus Holland thing, I'll just state it here. I'm a Mbappe guy. When you say we landed on Messi, it sounds like when in doubt, vote Messi. At least what's, what's, yeah. what's, what's what it sounds like or looks like in the past two, three versions of this uh, thing. But anyway, you've watched um, the women's, the Spanish women's team um, when they woke up. And I think you've watched more games or more closely than I have. But Mati, was she the star of the campaign? Yes, she was. Yeah. Um, with Alexis Pateras missing in the team because she'd, she'd suffered a horrific injury and was out for most of the season. And then didn't start, wasn't in the starting lineup for um, Spain, like in, in the World Cup. And then came back and wasn't like a best self, which means as well, she was missing for um, the Barcelona women. Mm. Bon Marti is that, is that girl. Mm. You know, uh, Pep described her as the female version of Iniesta. Uh, I think she, her idol is more Xavi than Iniesta. But she really plays like those two guys. She she dictates everything. You cannot win the ball off of her. She's got like quick feet in tight spaces. Uh, she is aware of her surroundings. She's able to come out of those. As I'm saying, she controls the entirety of the game. And I believe she gave the assist for the goal um, in, in, in the final as well. And she put forth a mag- woman of as a woman, woman of the match, the player of the match. A player of the match performance in in, sure. in in that World Cup final and in a in a team both Barcelona and Spain, which is largely the same players mm. of capable stars, she shone that much better than um, her teammates. So yeah, when you consider that Barcelona won the mm. Champions League and then Spain won uh, the World Cup, she was part of the teams that won every single thing. And she was at the very heart of, of, of those teams. She's she's well-deserving. I think we need to be able to get easier access to the Women's Champions League as well, where you see all these women play at the highest level. Not just Because when it's World Cup time or Euros time, they're all over our screens. But normal club football, we don't quite see them. It'd be very great to see them more regularly and see what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, Bellingham won an award. Vinicius won an award. Haaland won an award. Next, Palin, do you think Mbappe's going to do it with this team that he's playing in? Or do you think City will boost Haaland to another one or will it come from someone else? You know, that's a crazy thing. Um, what's very clear is that if Mbappe, what's been clear, if Mbappe wants to win the Palin d'Or, he needs to go play for Real Madrid. Mm. But that door might be closed as well because if he goes to Real Madrid now, I think he's walking into a team that belongs to Jude Bellingham. So sure. if he goes there and he helps Madrid to the success that you need to win the Palin d'Or, he might find that the person who then gets the spoils of that on an individual uh, basis is Jude Bellingham. So now it kind of has to happen with Mm. PSG. And Luis Enrique might figure it out as the season goes. Uh, That that performance at home against AC AC Milan Mm. was, was very good. And if they put forth those kind of performances and go all the way to win the Champions League, I don't think they will win the Champions League. But if they do that, and of course he's playing a leading role, then yes. Um, I'm desperate for him to win it. Like, I, I I really am because, man, if Manchester City go on to do magnificent things 
again and you find yourself in a situation where Haaland wins it before him or wins more than him, it's going to leave a perception that he was the better player. And in mm. in no world, as far as I'm sitting here, in no world is Erling Haaland a better football player than than, than Kylian Mbappe. Yeah. But by virtue of Mbappe and where he finds himself and his decisions of being where he is, that's why he doesn't have like a Ballon d'Or. And unfortunately, last one though, that's Kulamuani. That's why he doesn't have this particular Ballon d'Or. The pass. If he passes, he has it. It's done. If he scores, like mm. in the in that final, and they and they win like the World Cup final, we again we talk about Mbappe as the the deserved Ballon d'Or winner. So so, so Kolomani must work for season on end to make sure Mbappe at least because he's there with him now. Like yeah. he's with him now at PSG. So like Mbappe better be in his ear, like my brother. I I Just I keep need you. That video, would yeah, they I need you to remember. not do what you did like in that final. And here, yeah, I need you to deliver because, yeah, I need one of this. And and I think, and I think he also desperately wants a Ballon d'Or. All right, that is the episode for this particular week. We are back on video. Um, hopefully you are listening to this and you can go watch this on Instagram. You can watch it on TikTok. And we will be back on YouTube in the not-too-distant future. You can follow us and interact with us on those platforms that I mentioned, also on X. And you can find us across those platforms at 2UpfrontPod. You can find me at J underscore Zulu across those platforms. And you can find Chuck on X at Chuck2Up. From Jay, I'm Audi. All right, guys, listen to us on those platforms. Engage with us on those pla- on, on those channels. Um, and let's hear from you what you think. We spoke about this weekend, back-to-back, the Springboks defending champions. Um, what, a, what, a, what, what, how do you feel? What a, what a feat is it? What, what a great feat it is, and how do you feel about it? We spoke about the approaches and their chance of winning um, their maiden title in the Cricket World Cup. And we spoke about Messi's number eight. Uh, that is his eighth Ballon d'Or that he's won. And what are your feelings and thoughts about that? Should he have gone to Haaland? Should he have gone to Mbappe? What do you think about the voting process and all, all of all of the voting and, and the awards? Um, FIFA Best Player, Ballon d'Or, and how they actually voted for and how they're done. Do you think it's a fair reflection of what's actually happening on the field? This is Chuck, and I'm out. <laughs>